Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Tuesday, April 25th edition, the final pre-draft edition of the PFF forecast. We will make their equay one way or another. Uh, this is going to be uh, a great episode. We're going to talk about the Reddit commotion. That This is probably the biggest Reddit commotion since Wall Street bets, to be honest with you. Um, did anyone place any bets and did anyone win any money on it? We'll talk about it. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, how we think the, the kind of top 10 slash that first round is going to play out. Um, obviously the Rogers trade, we'll get into that as well. I'm very curious to find out from Brad and Arjun who they think won that trade, um, and what that means for the first round, um, a little Cardinal speculation as well. And we're going to close out with, if you have to place bets right now, you've been asleep at the wheel where to go, what to bet on. It's going to be a great show. Let's rock. All right, we got to start with with this Reddit thing. So I'm minding my own business, just having a wonderful day. And um, all of a sudden there's this buzz about Will Levis. Uh, Brad, Arjun, I'll let you guys kind of tell the story here, but um, kind of as you tracked it, Brad, like how did this kind of all come about? Yeah. So I like, yeah, I literally woke up and I was up probably four, 6 a.m. this morning and it was already buzzing. A Redditor by the name of Sale Agreeable 2834, which we probably shouldn't even give him the, the, the credibility of a full name shout out, uh, posted that Will Levis is currently 40 to 1. He has told his family that the Carolina Panthers have told him he is their selection. You're welcome. That's basically paraphrasing what he said in the comments below that. People said, like, how the heck do you know this? What is your source? He claims he knows Will Levis and that he was also told this directly. Um, The markets went from 40 to one to as low as I think four to one before they just got taken down entirely. Um, And, you know, throughout the rest of the day, they did open back up. The funny thing was. Bryce Young's price did not really change at any book that I saw, but they still did massively change the Will Levis price. Um, any, any other context that, that I missed, Arjun? Um, no, you didn't miss anything. Uh, the Will Le- or this, the Bryce Young odds uh, got dropped down from like minus sixteen hundred to like minus eight hundred, and then immediately got bet back up to like minus two thousand. DraftKings, interestingly enough, it's minus one thousand right now, so a little bit lower than or shorter. And where it was um but i think like i just i don't really understand it i mean it feels pretty obvious that panthers are t- taking bryce young um this 
the, the guy on Reddit probably just wanted to get a better price on Bryce Young. And honestly, I respect it. Like you got to do what you got to do to, to win your bets, to get a better price, uh, you know, lose the VIG a little bit. So I, I respect it. Um, it. It could also be the, uh, if people are, are on Twitter, know what I'm talking about, the Urban Redneck Syndicate. Um, there's a guy who goes by Urban Redneck on Twitter who's been proudly boasting that he knows and he he's very – he very strongly believes that Will Levis is the perfect quarterback to run Frank Reich's system and has been mm. offering people even odds for Will Levis to be the number one player to be selected Whoa. in this draft. Uh, so he's been a very strong proponent. He's had some messages to me that I've I've kind of just ignored. Um, but it's it's a very <laughs> funny story. And I, I'm I'm hoping that, you know, right off the bat, like Carolina just doesn't – if Carolina takes Will Levis, it could just be a, a truly like a privilege of a night. Has anyone seen I mean, Urban Redneck and Sales Agreeable in the same 4chan chat? <laughs> they've been in the they've been in the same 4chan chat at the same time. I mean, that's the question. So is he is he sending you messages, Arjun? Like, do you want to get some money down? Like, cause this yeah. is like I mean, not yeah. uh, well, I haven't responded to him, but I know like people that like are I'm close to like they've he's like offer like I'll offer you like five hundred dollars even odds that will have will be the first QB taken. And so like it, it feels like he's gonna flake if they don't, you know, if if he You think so? I think he would. <laughs> if, I think if, he's gonna honor uh, his bets personally. I I, I try he, <laughs> he'd be down horrifically, I think. If he honors them. you know what are the odds on a guy by the name of urban redneck on twitter not following through with a bet i mean the, that would be the only thing i'll say about that is like <laughs> if you were making this up like just to this scheme like i think urban redneck is the exact person you would point to that would like come up with this and be like guys i got this brilliant idea okay there's all these dudes on Twitter talking about the NFL draft. They don't know anything. Let's do this. Like puts this harebrained scheme together. Um, and his buddy's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm sure that money goes straight into an escrow account, right? If you, uh, if you take up his bet. Yeah. He puts yeah. it aside for sure. Yeah. 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 Of course. Um, our friend, friend of the podcast, Brett Coleman tweeted out, uh, I'm not a news guy, so please do not hold me to this standard in the future because I don't normally do this, but I feel obligated to prevent y'all from putting irresponsible bets down based on a Reddit troll. Will Levis is not going first overall, and he ain't going second either. So the piece that's interesting there is not the first overall piece, although I asked you, Brad, if you were like certain on Bryce Young because... I don't know. Like, is there some weird way in which this is the ultimate, like force the Texans into trading up to first overall and, you know, like they don't budge or something like that. Um, but, you know, you seem pretty dead set in it. I think I agree with your, your logic. So we turn our attention to second and Will Levis was getting a ton of buzz for second overall. He, according to Brett, and I don't think Brett would have any reason to kind of lie here. He's saying no. If you look at the second uh, pick odds right now, Tyree Wilson plus 145, Will Levis plus 175, Will Anderson is three to one, CJ Stroud is plus 350 um, on DraftKings. Uh, are you in agreement with Brett, Brad? 
You know, I I certainly am. Uh, that was good to see from Brett. Arjun and I were talking pre-show. Sometimes he put out puts out things that are more theories or more his opinion. Um, I've never seen him use this verbiage to say like you know very definitively. I'm telling this as, as what I believe to be a fact. Uh, we also were saying we should know this, but I think he either lived in Houston in the past or or was a Texans yeah. fan or he just has connections there too. So I don't think it's a random team. Um, yeah, I, I'm guessing he's not allowed to talk about Arjun's Chargers anymore because he's now you know directly affiliated with them. But but yeah, so. That is a meaningful thing to me. And I look, I've been consistent. I sure as heck could be dead wrong, but I actually had another conversation today with another person that thinks Will Levis is not going to be a top five pick. We all could be wrong, um, but but we are all, you know, th- th- this this group that I talked to is fading the Levis smoke. Um, and, and that certainly at least starts at one and two. You know, I think maybe we're less confident about a team going to three or maybe Indy at four, um, but certainly the top two picks. I do not think Will Levis is going to be one of those picks. And as interesting the market, uh, especially after our, our Reddit uh, hero now has Tyree Wilson as the favorite at two as well, I think is interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, it seems like all of the leanings are towards a defensive lineman there. Do we have any sort of thought around who their second QB would be? You know, Anthony Richardson is sitting there at 30 to one. Um, whereas Stroud and Levis are plus 350 and plus 175. You're saying Anthony Richardson is 30 to one to be the second quarterback drafted? The second overall pick. Okay. Okay. Ah. I don't think – like, I think if they did go quarterback, I think it actually would be Will Levis. I just don't think they're taking quarterback at this point. I think there's probably been some internal conversations. I mean, the big tell as well, and I think it applies to Las Vegas, which makes me less optimistic in them trading up to three. I'll tell you right now, I actually think there's not going to be a trade in the first seven picks of the draft. Um, is that, look, when you're trying very hard to go to one, which we now know for a fact, Las Vegas and the Houston Texans were trying, you know, obviously not hard enough because they lost the battle, um, to go to number one, you clearly, especially Houston sitting at two, you have one player in mind that you really value. Again, they didn't pull it off, so they could have valued him more. Um, but, you know, it, it's just like the optics of that, Then okay, we'll just take our second choice, even though we we felt found it worthwhile to call Chicago, have a couple conversations. It just, I, I think they go defense. Uh, let's, let's talk Rogers trade here for a second. Um, so the trade finally gets done. Uh, everyone's seen it by now. Mike Greenberg having orgasms on camera. Uh, if I have to listen to him talk about Aaron Rodgers again, I'm going to throw my TV out the window. It's there is nothing worse than listening to Mike Greenberg. And I like Mike Greenberg. Let me let me rant here for a second. He's good at his job. He sucks as a fan. Like I do not care about hearing about Mike Greenberg talk about how his like painful life being a Jets fan. And now there's finally hope and how excited he is. No one wants to hear it. I'm tired of it. I don't want to hear it anymore. But I do want to know what you guys think about this trade. Um, so, Brad, was this, uh, start with you, was this what you were expecting or was this different than kind of what you had thought might happen? Yeah. And so, just re- recapitulate the trade for everybody. For sure. Yeah. So first point, if folks didn't notice, I put out a mock 2.0, 3.0 and 4.0 on Twitter. The 2.0 came out on April 11th. Uh, all three of them had a swap of 15 and 13 with the Packers coming up with the Jets. So um, this was something that people had kind of started talking about. But I'll say this. My understanding and conversations I'd had was 
if the swap was going to happen, it was not going to be folded into the prior trade that already was kind of being floated out as the, the hypothetical trade of the Jets or of the Jets sending the 42nd overall pick and a conditional future second that could become a first. So my quick breakdown, I think this was if we're starting with the starting point for us is the original leak of that being the framework. I think the Packers won working off of that deal because for two reasons. So a, of course, you add in the pick swap, which is not insignificant. I mean, the, the Eagles traded from 15 to 13 last year, I want to say. They had to give up a fourth and two fifth-round picks to do that. Um, the Buccaneers traded up from 14 to 13 to get Tristan Wirfs a couple years ago. They sent the 117th overall pick, I want to say. Like, it, it, it's it's worth something. And then the conditions on the future second. We'd heard it could be tied to the Jets making the playoffs, maybe even the Jets winning a playoff game. 65% of snaps to, to hit the condition is basically only an injury protection for Aaron Rodgers and nothing else. Um, the last piece that we don't know yet, if Rodgers does take less money, even if it's in 2024, it, it makes, you know, it softens the blow a bit for New York. Um, but nevertheless, as of right now, with the information in front of us, I think the Packers kind of held out stronger, you know, and won that stare down at the end of the day. I think adding on to that, I mean, you look at like, the, you look at like how the picks translate. So if we assume like if we, if we assume that the Packers are receiving something equivalent to the 25th, 24th overall pick, uh, from a conditional from the conditional second that turned into a first um per the Fitzgerald Spielberger chart the uh, the draft capital alone it results in a net a net surplus of around the third overall pick for the Green Bay Packers which you know that seems great but I think the one thing that a lot of the public facing work and a lot of the public charts don't fold in is what is Aaron Rodgers value like what is his value translated into a draft pick and I think like you have to include that when if you're trying to really capture like how much value did the Packers get, right? Because we're we talked about this trade happening last year. Then I mean, I mean Rodgers is worth more than a first round pick, right? But we talk about mm-hmm. this trade happening coming off of one of the worst seasons of his career statistically, um, a season where the Packers missed the playoffs. So he's, there's going to be some bias there. He's you know his value translated to a draft pick may not be as high as the equivalent of a third overall pick, right? So. You know, if you're trying to do your work and if you're trying to like say, okay, what in reality was the trade surplus for the Packers, you know, doing your pick surplus is definitely needed, but you have to find some way to also trying to like quantify what Rogers value is and then fold that in as well. Um, and I think that is definitely a part of the trade that, you know, a lot of people won't really talk about because it's a tough thing to do. Um, so I don't fault people for that, but based on the pick value alone, the Packers got the equivalent of a, the third overall pick. And then obviously, depending on how Rogers fares in New York, like it will probably fall down to being the equivalent of like a probably like a late first, early second, I would say. What Here's the only counter I would have. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, George. No, I was just going to say, what do you guys think? Like, is that is that where you guys would put him in terms of value? Because contract matters here. Age matters, not just his performance. So that's the thing is that in cash next year, Aaron Rodgers is making $13.5 million more than any other quarterback in the NFL next year. So, you know, ignore the cap. They're going to push out the option bonus. He'll have a $15.7 million cap hit, whatever. Um, yeah, you're, it's also you're, – I, I agree. I think it's a very solid point. Like, we do – you know, we're not attributing the true value. Like you said, last offseason, if Russell Wilson doesn't get moved, Rodgers is probably going for two first, two seconds, whatever. So, like, 
that perspective is huge. Um, but yeah, like you also then if you're okay, let's say Rogers is worth the first overall pick, but him plus sixty million dollars, yeah. you know, you 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 subtract that from first overall, even though. You know, you could argue the first of all pick obviously is worth like $160 million. Um, you know, if you look at the four-year value of the deal. Um, so anyway, all, all sorts of you know, different directions. But but no, I, I think it's a sound rationale for sure. Yeah. Arjun, where do you think he's what do you think his pick value is? That's a so that's an interesting one. I, I mean, I, I didn't even bring up you know the contract stuff, which like when you're trading for a player, you're not only trading for them, you're trading for their contract most of the time as well. Um, but, you know, with quarterback contracts, they're definitely super unique with, you know, the guaranteed structure and, you know, the option bonus that Brad was talking about. So it's a it's a difficult thing. I think when you're including how much money the Jets have to take on and, you know, you're pushing that option bonus back. I think he's probably worth, you know, a late first, early second. Um, that's where I would put him because I think he still does have some high end years of play. If he, you know, is in a new scheme, he's rejuvenated. He's playing with receivers that can actually get open. He's not just throwing RPO slants or go balls to Alan Lazard. Like he has some, if he has a good scheme, which I think Hackett will bring to New York, I think he could thrive. Um, but based on his play last year and how the kind of that season ended, I think a late first, early second, uh, considering his contract as well, I think is, is where I'd put him. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I I didn't watch him closely enough last year to say that he'd fallen off a cliff. I do think he was injured mm. last season. I think generally he plays through injury and is a tough SOB. So you want better than Rogers. Dude is tough and, and plays no matter what. And, and so I'm not ready to say that he's, he's fallen off. I think there's a good chance that he has a year or two years back, uh, you know, at full health where he could be, you know, not maybe not the MVP, but could be a top five quarterback for sure. Um, now that, what does that mean? That means the jets are going to the first round of the playoffs with a buy uh, and then losing in the first round. So like, congratulations, but um, you know, I, I do think like an amazing regular season is in the cards there. And, and what is that worth if he's back to that MVP ish level, right? You know, does that kind of change the calculus a little bit? Um, I think is uh, is an interesting one. Let's let's talk a little bit about this means for the draft because part of this was that they jumped New England, right? So they went from 15 to 13. The only team in between is the 14th uh, overall pick, which is the New England Patriots. I guess I'm curious, is this like a throw-in to the deal or was this like a central part of the deal? And if so, what does that mean about the first round? Because that would mean that they want to jump the Patriots for a reason as opposed to maybe picking up you know some some future pick. Um, what are we speculating there? So we actually didn't have to speculate, which is cool. Jets general manager, Joe Douglas said, this was kind of the final linchpin of the deal to get it done. Uh, mm -hmm. he had a presser today, talked about it, you know, did say that he thinks, um, you know, it's pricey. He was honest, but said, you know, kind of admitted like we, we had to get this thing done. We don't think we got totally killed, uh, at the end of the day, which, which I think is fair. Um, but yeah, he did say this was kind of the last piece that green Bay was pushing for. I, we've talked about it a little bit, but. I think it's fascinating because I do think that the positional targets align very well between New England and Green Bay. Everyone's going to say receiver. I understand it. It makes a ton of sense. I think that's Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, you know, that could be where he goes. But I also think edge rusher is a massive need for both of these teams. And I think that range is where Miles Murphy, Nolan Smith, Lucas Van Ness, probably those three in that cluster could all be in that range as well. Um, 
I think Green Bay really was like, we want to jump ahead of the New England Patriots for either either Jackson Smith and Jigba, which would just be, I mean, absolutely incredible if they took a, a top 15 receiver after trading away Rodgers. Um, or um, I, I, my bet still is one of those top edge rushers. The the interesting one um, that's been like kind of thrown out is actually Jackson Smith and the Jigba uh, is why the Packers wanted to jump the Patriots. So, um, you know, the trade happened. There's There was some movement yesterday, but then today, currently on uh, from our friends at FanDuel, he's currently plus 210 to be selected by the Packers, um, which is ahead of the Texans and the Patriots, both of whom we gave out like very early in the process. So it is good to see some of our process like, you know, with the Texans and Patriots now there and, you know, most likely ending or closing as like two of the top three favorites. But um, it would be really funny. Just, you know, everyone's going to talk about it. Oh, you know, they trade, trade away Rodgers and they finally take a receiver. Um, but, you know, they could use a Jackson Smith and the Jigba. They have their outside guys with Watson and Dubs. Um, they could really use someone like a big slot with with. And, you know, I think Smith and the Jigba could fill that role very well. Uh, a little bit shifty, like, like Devonte, I would say not, obviously I'm not copying the two, but um, I think that is kind of maybe who the Packers wanted to jump in terms of, you know, they wanted to jump the Patriots. Um, but yeah, I, I would agree that also the edge players are, are probably the, you know, the other group that I would say the Packers wanted to jump the Patriots for. And you kind of see that in the betting markets as they're two to one to draft a defensive lineman with their first pick. Of those players, I just got to say this, Luke Van Ness, feels like he's already wearing a Packers uniform. Yes. Uh, yes. Right. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if this is like the Clay Matthews effect or what, but like, I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, he's an, an athletic freak. He's an edge defender. Um, makes it, I just feel like he makes a ton of sense there. So, uh, you know, were the Patriots, it's interesting. Were the Patriots either a team that was considering him or they felt the Patriots could potentially trade down you know, a team could could jump them and, and grab him as well. But Van Ness is the one that I just think sticks out to me. Um, I don't know, is there so there must be some Patriots uh, odds here for a, the actual player? Where where can we find those? I know that you can pick like the the position and right now on on uh, FanDuel or on DraftKings, offensive lineman um, was 225 for the Patriots, corner 225, wide receiver 240, quarterback 700. So defensive lineman edge was nine to one for them. So didn't seem, doesn't seem like the, you know, what the market would say you're jumping the Patriots for. And there would, I think, make more sense for, you know, a, a, a JSN, for example. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. How would we bet this, I guess, is the question. I was just looking. I can't find a line for like team to take this player for yeah. uh, any of those guys. Unfortunately, I bet Packers at four to one to take defensive line. It's now down to two to one. Um, so I think we may have lost a little bit of value there. But uh, Arjun even may have an idea, but I, I can't find anything. Well, yeah, I mean you're in a betting state where you can't do that. Um, no, that too. Like, I think with the Packers, it, I think it's just so much uncertainty. That's why like, you don't have a bet that's like lower than two to one or shorter than two to one, like, like D lineman at two to one and the receiver at two to one. I think those are the favorite. I don't necessarily see them taking a tight end. Um, They did lose Robert Tunyon to the Bears, So that could be, uh, you know, that could be an option, but like Kincaid at 15, Mayer at 15 or 13, that's like extremely high. Like, I don't think anyone's projecting them to go at 13. That is a reach. And I think Packers are, 
under uh, Gudenkus, like they are pretty good at like st- sticking close to the bo- uh, consensus big board. So I think it would be like kind of just arbing it or like hedging your bets where you like you take D lineman and receiver both at the same unit price and you secure that you know one unit or half a unit or whatever you're looking for. Um, but that is a tough one because I think like if it's not JSN or like they could really like JSN and that's going to be his range because the over 12 and a half for JSN is like minus 370. So like it is very possible that he falls to the Packers. The correct answer is quarterback. Uh, so they're going after Will Levis. Uh, the Patriots oh. are all in on him. And uh, the the Packers have finally gotten their quarterback of the future. How funny would it be if they if they took uh, a quarterback with all the hullabaloo that we've gotten up, uh, about Jordan Love and what that did with the Rodgers relationship? That'd be amazing. It'd be truly incredible wow. if, yeah, just, you know, guys that some people refuse to put things in their body, others put mayonnaise in their coffee, just, you know, really just mixing up the vibes in Green Bay. Yeah, and he also eats, like, bananas with the peel. Is like, the idea that Will Levis is just, like, the weirdest dude on the planet. I mean, it looks like it. It certainly seems like it. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't what's weirder, eating the banana skin or putting mayonnaise in your coffee? In my opinion, the mayonnaise is infinitely more bizarre. I mean, the banana thing is yeah, weird, yeah. but people eat fruits with the rind on. I don't know why, but, like, it's a thing people do. The mayonnaise mm. and the coffee, like, I feel like it's going to curdle right away. Like, it just makes no sense. The viscosity situation is, is off kilt. It's just everything about, about it. what it would do. Like, does, yeah, what does it turn into? That's what I'm saying. Like, what is it, like, does it even it impact the flavor in a, in a noticeable way? It should melt, right? You put, if you could, you know, you can use mayonnaise, like for example, instead yeah. of butter when you're uh, searing a steak and it, like it works well. So it's like, it's fatty, it's eggs, right? Basically you're right. It is. It's lard. Yeah. It's like lard and eggs. So it should melt. Yeah. I mean, do we have to try it now? They just, put just butter in pop. There's some weirdos out there that put, and if you're one of them, no offense, but like there are people that put butter <laughs> in coffee. Someone did turn me on to the cinnamon and coffee thing, and I tried it. It's not the worst thing. I, I am a black coffee guy. I'm not like a hard. It's like, oh, if you put milk in it, you're yeah. weak. But like, I just like, I like the taste of coffee. Yeah, the, the mayonnaise one is repulsive to me for the same reason. Arjun, yeah. let's get a young person's perspective here. I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't drink coffee, so I can't speak to it okay. that much. So Do you consume you would... energy drinks of any kind? I got to no. know. Wow, you just you just run on just you're just raw dog in life. That's impressive. <laughs> I tried to see. Tried to. I I did the same thing until I went to college, and then I realized I had to stay up for like multiple nights at a time. And you know, but I drank every energy drink known to man. I once yeah, went on like a three day. It was like three or four days where I think the only thing I had to eat was energy drinks and Adderall. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like college. <laughs> I was definitely, uh, I was definitely in, a, in an interesting place. Um, you'd be proud of me. I've gone like uh, a week and a half without any caffeine. That's impressive. I'm like a coffee fanatic, and like I have to have it at like by four ten in the morning, or else I like die. And I was like, I can do this, and so now I've gone no caffeine. And, that's uh, yeah, especially you know, sitting you're sitting in six hour meetings. Yeah, so that's I would be asleep by halfway through the meeting. I think. Yeah, I'm staying. I just got to stand up. Anyways, th- this is exactly why you tune in. Welcome to the Human Lab Podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, everyone. 
Um, today we're going to talk about caffeine. Uh, okay, let's let's move on here. Um, by the way, before we jump to the next topic, forty percent off PFF Plus subscription right now on PFF.com with the promo code Draft Forty. That means you can unlock the entire mock draft simulator, all the premium features. You can do trades, you can draft all seven rounds, you can get rated, um, tell you exactly how you're doing. Uh, plus the PFF NFL Draft Guide, both the pre-draft version and the first time ever that we are releasing a post-draft version, all of the great locked article content. And if you sign up for an annual subscription, you get all of the PFF fantasy tools. There's some new stuff coming. We've talked about our simulator, our game play-by-play game simulator. Hint, hint, that is uh, that is coming soon. You'll be able to access it as a part of your PFF Plus subscription. Uh, some really cool fantasy tools that uh, are coming your way. Timo Riske is in the lab. He's He's cooking. Uh, in the kitchen. And um, I think it's going to be pretty cool. So um, you'll want to get a a PFF plus subscription, get 40% off with promo code draft 40. And if you're looking for a free, but equally awesome product, go to the PFF printing press discord, especially with a few days left to the draft. Uh, That's where any news will drop. We'll talk about how to bet it uh, accordingly. So get in there. Uh, The link is in the description, or you can hit us up on Twitter and find it there as well. Some speculation around what the Cardinals might do. Um, they've already changed their uniforms. Uh, people hated them, which I thought was a little unfair, uh, to be perfectly honest. I mean, they're just, they're they're fine. They're not terrible. Um, but some some Cardinals connections here. Now, they're picking at three. Um, we've kind of talked about how they could be a trade down candidate. Um, what are, are we hearing at this moment, Brad? Well, the, the tying in the uniform is interesting because the rumor right now floating around is that uh, Ohio State tackle Paris Johnson uh, is an apple uh, of Kyler, Kyler Murray's eye. He apparently is a big fan mm. of the player. Mike Garofolo put that out. I say it's connected because he would not have to change jerseys. I think he could just bring his Ohio State jersey and no one would even notice the difference between his Ohio State jersey and the new Arizona Cardinals jersey because they're the exact same thing. But um, nevertheless, that's the rumor that they, they really like offensive line. Some people have said Jonathan Gannon thinks he can kind of coach up the defense, um, and, and maybe use his, you know, abilities as a defensive coach to, Hey, let's fix the offense first. Um, I think it does make some sense. Look, I, I mean, they have, a, they just extended their left tackle, um, last off season, but definitely have a need a right tackle, maybe even right guard, uh, if they want to start him at the beginning. But anyway, that that and that's been out from a couple different outlets. I think the first person to put it out was Tony Paulina, Pro Football Network, and we've now Peter King mentioned it in his Monday morning football, uh, quarterback. It's kind of been all around at this point. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little shocked with that, honestly. I mean, Paris Johnson does feel like a reach compared to just taking a safer. Or safe is a strong word, but like taking the player who's ranked near the third overall pick, with like a Will Anderson or even like a Tyree Wilson, versus a Paris Johnson. Um, but yeah, I could see like if they, if this new regime is just trying to keep Kyler happy, trying to keep him like motivated or whatnot, then you know taking someone that he vouches for could be something that does that. Um, there could be some you know not major issues, but you know making Paris Johnson switch from left tackle to right tackle because uh, they have DJ Humphreys at left tackle. Um, but yeah, I mean Jonathan Gannon, he's he's done you know work with more with less. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he thinks, you know, he has a mindset he can coach up a defense and they go with some, you know, play in the trenches to start. But it's been weird because the Cardinals for most of the offseason has been like minus 180, minus 200 to draft a D lineman with their first pick. Now on DraftKings, they're plus 125 to draft a D lineman, plus 150 to draft an offensive lineman. 
Um, and Paris Johnson's like plus 350 to be the third overall pick. So a lot of lot of smoke there. I actually mocked Paris Johnson to the Cardinals in my like latest mock draft on Twitter. So I wouldn't be su- completely surprised. Uh, but it it would I wouldn't really I think advise for it. And if someone like Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson or even like a Jalen Carter, if they're willing to take the chances there, I'd rather just roll with one of these defensive guys and you know prioritize offensive line later. It's it's interesting because the whole story around Kyler Murray liking a player and that being the reason that you're going to pick him is like the most ridiculous reason to pick a player. It's so absurd. And that's the only reason I think it makes sense for the Cardinals because they don't do anything that, that makes sense. So like as absurd of a call as this might be, um, it would be so like the Cardinals to pick a player to appease Kyler Murray, to then get the first overall pick, to pick Caleb Williams and get rid of Kyler Murray. So, like, you know that's how this is going to work out. It also, like, all, and I'm being serious, not even joking, when you put stuff out like that, now that I've been in this business long enough, to me that signals, okay, if the pick stinks, they can blame Kyler Murray. Be like, well, mm. look, we tried to do the quarterback a solid. We took his guy. We actually liked – Name whatever whatever player pans out the best in the first couple of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Um, still ridiculous. Still absolutely absurd. Um, it, so interesting. Is the value there just to take Paris Campbell plus 350 because no team's going to be stupid enough to trade with the Cardinals at this point? I don't think anyone's going to trade with them. And I will say maybe the thought was that was their pick if they got a trade down. Uh, Cause I do think mm-hmm. he'll, he'll probably make it through the first five, six picks. Um, but yeah. Hey, maybe they're sitting there at three, no one's calling and they just go ahead and do it. I think the, the, the bet, the market's gone though. I wouldn't bet it now. There, there's yeah. no value left. Yeah. Yeah. It, one of the interesting things, and I agree with you that there's not really a lot of value left, but thinking about teams that operate in silos. So, um, one of the things, like if you don't, if you're not looking at what the market is going to pay for something, you can end up making a really way off base uh, offer, right? So I've talked about this a bunch. It's like, I love In-N-Out Burger. I'm not going to go pay $100 for In-N-Out Burger. You know, like I love it, but it's five bucks, seven bucks, whatever it is. That's kind of the beauty of it. The, the Raiders did this a couple of times, right? Where they went and they said, I love this In-N-Out Burger so much. I'm going to give you a million dollars for it. Right. The Patriots did that in free agency. It's like, you know, going out there and like not totally understanding what the market is going to offer. That's how you end up with Cleveland Farrell at four. I'm curious if you guys think that's something that the Cardinals could be, you know, doing where you're not actually taking into account of the information that's out there. You're stubborn. You're like, no, our big board is the only thing that matters. Not looking at the market consensus. And it wouldn't be nearly as big a reach as Cleveland Farrell, but it would be a decent reach. Right. I mean, when do we expect them to go, you know, eight, nine, ten? The only thing I would say to be kind to them is, in my opinion, and just the consensus, the depth at edge is far stronger than the depth at tackle. Mm-hmm. And they maybe just say, look, yeah, is it a five-pick reach? Sure. But we're taking the number one tackle on the board who's young, who's apparently like, you know, uh, all Big Ten academics every single year, like a great person, a great player, uh, positional fluidity, and then we can t- we can address edge later. Um, but yeah, but also it came to them just ignoring, um, you know, if you ignore consensus big board, you go back and look at it down the road. Like you said, you end up with a lot of Cullen Farrells and, and Damon Arnett's and I'll just name every Raiders first round pick of the last five years. <laughs> every Raiders draft pick. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. Um, okay, so let's let's kind of close out here with uh, let's kind of 
pair these together. So what are we thinking from a top 10 perspective? And I'll let um, you guys kind of uh, put this one together. So Brad, what do you think happens in, in the top 10? And then Arjun, where do you see some differences or where kind of the pivot points that you think most likely uh, things would be to change? If I had to guess right now, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if there are no trades the first seven, like I mentioned, and maybe through the entire first 10. Mm -hmm. I say seven because I think Atlanta, Chicago, and, and Philadelphia could be trade down teams. Um, but I really, mm -hmm. as of right now, think that like Houston, if they want to trade down, and Arizona, which we know they're desperate to trade down, they might ultimately just not have a partner in that endeavor. Um, so, I mean, rattling it off, like I'll go Bryce Young, Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson, Anthony Richardson, <laughs> Jalen Carter is tough. Like I think he goes five or six, uh, and then let's let's say Jalen Carter five, Devin Witherspoon six, Christian Gonzalez seven. Um, no, Peter Skronsky seven, Christian Gonzalez eight, Paris Johnson nine, and uh, I don't know who you got for the Eagles, Arjun. Ben Ness. Or yeah. Nolan Smith, probably D line, I think. Yeah. I think, I think like, I mean, Skoronsky to them, just like if he falls to them, I think it's like a, unless Carter's there. If Skoronsky's there, I think that's the pick. Makes a lot of sense for them. I know like people say like how he's not going to take a guard, but he's really like a guard tackle. So you're getting like kind of the best, not the best of both worlds, but like he'll eventually make that transition. So I think Skoronsky's floor is 10, but. Um, we've kind of like pounded the table for Skronsky to be a top 10 pick. I know we've kind of like put that in the discord. Um, and like, I guess the only worry I have is like, say how he has like a trade partner at 10, that person's probably not trading up to take Skronsky. Um, So like if Eagles trade out, dream is probably dead, but that's a, that's a draft day thing. And I, I you know, even if Eagles trade up, I could see like the bears taking him. I could see the, I could see the Raiders taking Skronsky as you mock them too. So um, we have, we have outs for some of our bats. I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, I think lines is probably the most interesting one because I think they have the farthest range of outcomes where they could go corner they could go edge they could go interior d line they or they even the, they could go quarterback if someone like richardson falls so i think lines are probably a point where like it swings how the rest of the draft goes or at least like the rest of like the top 15 and um and the jalen carter one i mean like you said uh, strager had him saying the floor his floor is six but there i mean just the off-field issues kind of give me a lot of worry with like how teams might perceive him. And like, I know the in-person visits might help, but I could, I could legitimately see him falling to the bears at nine, which to me, his floor is nine with the bears and I could see him falling down there. Cool with me. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the Christmas for Brad. Now what's really going to happen is the bears are going to take, um, Bijan Robinson and <laughs> it's really going to be a spectacular day for Brad. We're going to need, we're going to need to, to have an intervention for Brad. If that happens, we will, I will be on full, full tilt. If that happens, <laughs> uh, man, full tilt, full tilt poker, man, rest in peace. Um, I, I think that your points are, are really good there. And I, I was kind of wondering, so what are sort of the craziest things that, you might prognosticate in the top 10. Cause I think the the way that you guys have mapped it out makes a lot of sense considering what we know about the odds and the market and, and what we know about the teams. So, you know, something like a Will Levis going one, you know, we've talked about that already. Um, I was actually thinking back to the last time a player that was expected to go pretty high fell. 
um, because of some kind of weird off season situation. And the one that, that came up to me, I was remembering the Laramie Tunsil one, cause he just signed a big deal. Um, but, uh, you know, that something like that, we haven't seen in a while. That could be a crazy thing that could happen. You know, someone kind of trying to blackmail somebody, Jalen Carter has gotten, you know, tangled up in some stuff before, like that could be a reason, you know, that things kind of get, get super wacky. Um, you know, some sort of big trade up, um, you know, that, that, that could happen. Some, some team reaching, right. So the Cardinals reach, maybe it's not a Paris Johnson, but like an even bigger reach. Um, but there's certainly something that is going to be wacky and and wild. Curious if you guys have any, like, you know, what, what's the weirdest thing that we could see happening? Go ahead, Arjun. You literally got something on the tip of your tongue. Yeah. It would be Hendon Hooker, like going like the top 15. Yeah. Like if, oh, he, wow. if he's selected before any of the big four, like I, I'll be shocked. Um, Look, I, I mean, I would say like a lot of the sharp teams who have an analytics department that's building draft models, age is a is a big factor in those models. Like I know that for age helps determine projection, it helps determine your ceiling, it helps determine your probability of becoming a Pro Bowl and All Pro. Like when teams are constructing their draft draft models in their analytics room, like you have to include age. So that kind of leads me to like rule out some of like you know the Vikings or like the Eagle. Like not Eagles are not going to take a quarterback, but like the Vikings or. Um, I don't really know what other quarter or what other team that would take a quarterback would fit in that uh range. But if Hooker goes to like the Titans, right? I mean, like Tennessee, Washington, maybe. Yeah, Tennessee is right in Hooker's back. Like the Titans are right in Hooker's backyard, vice versa. Like we saw that with Pickett last year, where like Pittsburgh had right down the street. You know, they had a close up view of Pickett. Like I could see Tennessee falling in love with him if if that run on quarterbacks actually happens in the top four, top eight or top nine, and they just want to take a quarterback. Like I could see hooker being that guy, but it would be like, I, I would be shocked if he goes in that top 15. Like I've kind of like already like mentally prepared myself for him to be selected in the first round. And like, I I've done a good job of not betting him not to go in the first round. Cause I'm coaching my bets and I don't want to do that. But if he goes before any of the big four, like I'd be extremely shocked and it would have to be something related to like Stroud's S2 scores or there's a medical or there's some character issues we Mm -hmm. haven't heard about that would force Hooker to go uh, above the top four. Uh, I can't top that. I mean, that's, that's as good as it gets right there. I would just say like the craziest thing to me would be if we get one receiver in Jackson Smith and Jigba, and we get two running backs in Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs in the first round, which I'm not saying I think is going to happen, um, but I don't. Th- I, I think there's a non-zero chance it happens, and I think that would be kind of crazy. That would be, that would be something. Um, what would be something? I feel like something really weird is going to happen, but we'll see. We'll post it in the Discord uh, if we uh, if I get any good ideas. Let's get out of here on this. Um, no time like the present to play some some draft props. If you haven't already, we've obviously been betting these for a while. But um, at, at this point in time, are there you know any that we like uh, that uh, we feel kind of most confident about uh, that people can go in and, and get involved with? Brad, let's start with you. Yep. So I have an article coming out tomorrow. I'll share one of those. Uh, it's four plays that I, I like still, which obviously you know not a lot of offerings available, but. Um, kind of connecting some dots here, some tea leaves. Uh, Jaguars mm. general manager Trent Balky had a media availability. He was asked about Cam Robinson, who's recovering from a meniscus injury in December. And the question was, is he going to be ready in, in training camp? And he said, physically, he'll be ready. 
And it was a very weird way to answer the question. No one implied there was another reason why he would not be available. Um, And there's now kind of a bunch of speculation of, is he potentially facing a suspension? Is there something else going on here? Because it was a very strange way to answer the question. So uh, it's four to one right now. Last time I checked to bet Jacksonville Jaguars to take an offensive lineman. Um, I not only think it's a good range for guys like Anton Harrison, but also their left guard, Ben Barch. Uh, will not be ready physically uh, for training camp. No other reason. Um, and Osiris Torrance, I think, maybe starts, you know, in that range of mid to late 20s. Um, so, yeah, it's just like everyone's mocking, you know, every position to them, I feel like, besides O-line, because we kind of think they're set there. Um, and I think it's, you know, a decent value right now, uh, just looking at all the the tea leaves. Mayo in your tea, Brad? Mayo in your tea leaves. <laughs> all right, I'll let you... Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I've talked about all the bets that I've really liked over the past couple of weeks. Um, I think, you know, I, I'll, I'll just give one that I think is, is, is probably going to happen. Uh, it's the chargers to take a tight end. Um, you know, they, the interesting thing about Tom Slesko is he's never, it's, it's like a lot of noise, but he's never taken the same position twice in the first round ever. And tight end is one of the positions he, positions he hasn't taken yet so you follow that like weird trend you know that you know obviously you don't want to use that only as your analysis they're three to one on DraftKings to take a tight end I just don't see any of the receivers matching the phys- their physical profiles that they like I know Jordan Addison has the connection with Chris Beattie who's the Chargers receiver coach who was recruiting Addison when he was at Pittsburgh but again Addison is five 11 six foot weighs 171 pounds which is 30 pounds lighter than the weighted average of the chargers receivers drafted under tom Telesco. so i don't necessarily see them taking isaiah flowers or jordan addison i think all the edge guys like murphy van ness and smith are all snapped up before 21 which leaves me to believe that it would be michael mayer who's on the board and would be the pick for the chargers uh kellen moore loves tight ends he needs them to kind of like operate his offense and mayor kind of fits the run blocking slash receiving profile that he wants um and again i think that's kind of just one of the one missing not the only missing piece of the chargers offense but a piece that i think telesco and Moore and staley would look at and say okay that's a that's a good player they would kind of like forego the whole surplus value and like development curse thing and take michael mayor to kind of fill that need so um, that's kind of like my Homer bet, but also I mean, there's a decent amount of analysis filled into there. Um, and I, I, you know, I think the Chargers could go tight end at 21. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. By the way, my, um, the one that I was going to come back to was, uh, Cowboys to, to pick a running back that's now plus 175 on DraftKings. So don't love that so much anymore, but it seems like the script has gotten out and, um, you know, we just all know that, that Jerry Jones is going to roll that way. Wait, George, what's um, going to give out? The so I, I can't remember what exactly we got it at. Was it six to one, Cowboys to draft uh, oh, Bijan or something like that? Well, I don't know if Bijan makes it to. I actually tweeted this out like an hour ago. So on DraftKings, it's plus it's plus one seventy five. But on FanDuel, hmm. Cowboys to draft a running back is fourteen to one. So you got to let's let's line oh. shop a little bit here. <laughs> uh, I think someone probably I didn't realize. Wow. Yeah, so well, then that's the one I'm giving out. Uh, <laughs> Cowboys to take a running back 14 to one yeah. on FanDuel because there's multiple um, opportunities, right? You mentioned the Bijan one where they probably have to trade up, but then, you know, maybe they sit there and they take Jamar Gibbs or something like that. Be banana land, but um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll ride with that long shot. Um, all right. 
this is the last one before the the draft is over on Sunday. We'll recap it all, talk about um, what hit, what didn't, hopefully count some checks, and uh, talk about who won the draft. So it'll be a lot of fun. Join us on Sunday for that full recap show. Um, and it'll be great for me because I don't have to worry about it. The Niners, they can't piss me off this year. We get to just watch Brad and Arjun bemoan. Maybe they'll both take quarterbacks, Bears and, and uh, Chargers. Bijan to the Bears and uh, Jamar Gibbs to the Chargers. This is gonna cruel, happen. just just yeah. cruel, cruel stuff. <laughs> uh, all right, we we love you all. Join the printing press Discord. We'll see you on Sunday. Peace.